Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Power of our mind literally can control really the mood, if you will, the emotions, and ultimately the outcome of our lives. I'll never forget, years ago, Michelle and I, we um, were noticing something that was actually happening on a consistent basis, night after night. In the middle of the night, as we were trying to rest, we would hear this little pitter-patter going across, literally right in the ceiling over the headboard of where we were sleeping. And we began to notice that not only was it happening every night, but it seemed to get louder and louder. So one day, after multiple nights of getting no sleep, no rest, you know, we called the critter control, critter control, and they actually came out to uh, our house. I'll never forget this because they came out and they set traps all in our attic, and you know, they were trying to you know bait it so that whatever it was, they would ultimately find it. And sure enough, after several days, guess what? The, um, the, the, the night that we were asleep, we heard something, and sure enough, one of those traps went off. It sounded like a shotgun. <laughs> Scared me to death. So we called the critter control the next morning. They came out, and the guy went up into our attic. He got his little, he had like his little coal miners, you know, hat, you know, with the light on there. He went up into our, our attic, and you know, after a few moments, he said, yep, here it is. I found that pitter-patter y'all were trying to describe, and I kid you not, he came walking down the stairs with a rat, literally looked like an armadillo. He was holding it by its tail. And he said, is this what you've been hearing? And I said, oh my goodness, that is the biggest rat I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. And here's what I've come to realize. I've come to realize that for many of us, we're guilty of allowing the pitter patters of worry. We're guilty of allowing the rat's Okay, the rats, and here's what rat stands for, really awful thoughts to occupy the addict of our minds. And what happens is, is that the little pitter-patters of worry, the little pitter-patters of anger, the little pitter-patters of frustration, the little pitter-patters of, of, of disappointment, or, or whatever it is that we're facing in life, those things get bigger and bigger and bigger, while all along in our minds, God is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And what we got to do is we got to stop focusing on how big our problems are and Focus on how big our God is, because once again, our joy is not in all these other things. Our joy is in a person, and his name is Jesus. So here's the thing. The Apostle Paul is perhaps one of the most remarkable individuals you could ever learn about in all of the Bible. He wrote, I think, two-thirds of the entire New Testament. And, and here's a guy who, who, who Jesus literally radically changed his life. His entire dream was to one day eventually go to Rome. It was the, it was the epic center of influence and power. And so little did he know that he would actually end up in Rome. He thought he was going to go there as a preacher, but he ended up being a prisoner. And so he was thrown in prison because of the fact that he was preaching the gospel. And so when they arrested him and they shipped him to Rome, he found himself in a prison cell, literally chained to a Roman guard. And he was basically waiting for the fate of his future. He didn't know 
whether he was going to be beheaded or get acquitted because he was waiting to be put on trial. And really his destiny, his fate was going to be at the hands, at the mercy of those that were going to be determining whether he would live or die. So here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine this man who had every right to be bitter, to be, to be maybe to see life being unfair, to seeing his hardships and the trials and the circumstances that were coming against him, things that were honestly beyond his control. And yet here is a man who, rather than dwelling on his problems and allowing people and allowing circumstances or allowing things or even sitting around worrying about things he could not control, Here's what he found. He found a joy that was so outrageous and so contagious that here's what I'm often mesmerized by. He actually took the time to write a letter to a group of believers living in a place called Philippi, a little community outside of Greece. And Paul had helped establish this church on his second missionary journey. And what's awesome is that there was a man who actually came to Rome to bring an offering to Paul and to speak words of life and encouragement over him, knowing his fate in his situation. And so after that man left, sometime thereafter, the apostle Paul wrote a letter of gratitude to the people. But that letter actually became an opportunity for Paul to speak words of life, to help them understand where true joy comes from. And again, if anybody had the right to be unhappy, it was Paul. But he wasn't focusing on happiness because he wasn't looking to his circumstances to bring happiness into his life. Instead, he was focusing on his relationship with Jesus. He was focusing on the joy that came as a result of that relationship with Jesus. And as a result of that, here's what's interesting. When Paul wrote those those letter, when he wrote that letter, those words of encouragement, speaking joy into those individuals' lives, here's what is amazing. Those secrets that Paul found and he talked about in the letter, listen to this. He actually, he actually used the word mind 10 times. In fact, he used the word think five times. And if you count the word remember, that's a total of 16 references that the Apostle Paul referred to when it came to the mind and the impact that it has on our lives. In other words, here's what he was trying to emphasize, that our outlook has a profound impact on our outcome. So our Listen, our outlook, our perspective, how we see things has a profound impact on the outcome of our lives. So in essence, if you find yourself in a place, remember the score that maybe you gave a few moments ago on the scale of one to 10, if you find yourself really low on that scale, okay, well, guess what? Maybe it's because you're focusing on the wrong things. Maybe you're depending upon other things or other people to bring happiness into your life rather than focusing on the person of Jesus Christ, who is your source of joy. So with that in mind, I want to quickly just give you some things that I think is going to be helpful from what the Apostle Paul gave us. And so therefore, if you're taking notes, here's what we learn about what Paul had to say. Here are the secrets to joy, okay? And the first is this. He said, we have to live single-minded. 
The reason why living single-minded is because it allows us as believers, okay, as followers of Jesus, it allows us to live above the circumstances that are always going to be coming against us. You see, there's always a tension between who we're living for and what we're living for. So if we find ourselves living for maybe our own selfish ambitions, then unfortunately we're going to fall short of our own expectations. But at the same time, if we're living for Christ, okay, then we have a different perspective. The other question is, what are we living for? Are we living for the temporal things? In other words, are the things in life, is, is, is that what we're convinced is going to make us happy? Or are we living for the eternal things? Again, keeping the spiritual perspective, seeing life through spiritual eyes, the way God wants us to live our lives. In fact, James 1.8 says it this way, that when it comes to people struggling with that tension, okay, with that tension that's causing so much unrest and unhappiness in their life, he says their loyalty, okay, is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So here's the thing. If you find yourself being torn apart on the inside because maybe you're worried and preoccupied by the situations or circumstances or even people who've brought disappointment to your life, well, guess what? Guess what? You're no longer living single-minded. You're living double-minded. And as a result, you're living with a great instability and insecurity. That's why you're worried all the time. Because your focus and your dependency is upon somebody else or something else or happenings and circumstances that you think is going to bring happiness into your life. But I'm here to tell you, when you live single-minded like Paul was living, here's what he said. Hey, this one thing I do. He said, I'm all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've set my mind on the things above. I'm fixing my thoughts on the things that are going to last forever. Because he's seeing life from an eternal perspective perspective. He was living single-minded. And here's why he lived that way. Because in Philippians 1.21, he said, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. He said, I'm living in a win-win situation. If for some reason, man, the, 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 the judges find mercy or give mercy upon me and I'm acquitted and I get out of this prison cell, then man, praise God, I'm going to keep preaching the gospel and winning people to Jesus. But he said, but if for some reason they want to cut my head off, then so be it. That just means I get to be with my Lord even sooner. That just means I get to enjoy the blessings of eternity, my eternal home in heaven. So at the end of the day, it all comes back down to having a single mindedness, seeing life and living life with spiritual eyes. Number two is this. We have to have a servant mindset. So in chapter one of Philippians, this letter that Paul wrote What did he deal with? He was talking about circumstances. So when you live single-minded, you're over... Listen, now you're able to overcome the circumstances that that come against you. But in Philippians chapter 2, he shifts his focus away from himself to now putting the focus on other people, which simply means now he's putting himself last and putting Christ first. So his whole perspective was this. He said, I'm going to put Jesus first. I'm living single-minded. 
Chapter two in Philippians, he said, okay, now I'm going to put other people behind Jesus and I'm just going to allow myself to kind of just taggle along in the back. He said, because at the end of the day, he said, it's all about having a servant mindset. You see in Philippians chapter two, verse three, he says it like this, be free from pride filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but an authentic humility puts others first and view others as more important than yourselves. I love that. I want you to imagine for a moment what our world would look like today if we just put the focus on Jesus and we put the focus on serving other people. Imagine what would happen to our marriage relationships. Imagine what would happen in our families. Imagine what would happen in the workplace. Imagine what would happen in the streets. Imagine what would happen in the White House. Imagine what would happen around the world if we just learned how to serve one another. Putting other people's interests before our own. Learning how to come alongside and serve the needs of people. Living our lives with a spirit of humility and brokenness so that we understand that, you know what, it's not about me. It's about Jesus and how can I serve other people? One of our core values that we actually added this year to our seven core values. We now have seven core values in our church. And here's what it's called. It goes like this. It is servant leadership is our identity. Man, can you imagine what it would be known? If, 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 if our lives, imagine if we were known, if our identity was known by just being servant leaders. If we just serve the people, because that's what Jesus said. I came that, I, he said, I didn't come to serve. He said, no, I came to serve. I, I didn't come so that others could serve me. He said, I came to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. So the second thing is that we have to have a servant mindset. And then the third thing that Paul said was this. He said, you got to stay spiritually minded. So Paul said, here's the key. He said in chapter one, he said, live single minded because that's going to help you overcome your circumstances. In chapter two, he said, I want you to live with a servant-minded mindset, because when you do that, okay, now you're able to overcome the, the difficult people in your life that want to rob you from the happiness or, or fall short of your expectations. But in chapter three, here's what he does. He said, you know those things that you've put so much value on and so much dependency upon that you think is going to make you happy? He said, Stay spiritually minded. In fact, 11 times in Philippians chapter 3, Paul actually is referring to those things. And in Philippians 3 verses 19 and 20, he says it this way. He said, they are headed for destruction, referring to all the people, okay, that are living for the things of this world, who've put their hopes and their dependency and their security in the things of this world. He said, here's the deal. He said, they're all headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. You know, in this hurry up and want it now world and society that is so consumed with instant gratification, it's sad and unfortunate, but many people are chasing this allure, but it's also an illusion that, you know what? 
if I can just have this or if I can achieve that. In other words, it's that when and and then kind of thinking. In other words, when I get to this place, then I'll be happy. I'm here to tell you that will never happen. There will always be something else that that you're that you're convinced is going to make you happy. But Paul said, don't go there. Instead, keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay, listen, focus with an eternal perspective. Listen, we're just citizens. We're just passing through. This is not our home. This is a temporary world, okay? Our eternal home is in heaven as believers. And so we got to understand that. that Nothing in this world, there's nothing that can meet the needs that only Jesus can meet in your life. I love what Zig Ziglar once said. He said, money can buy you a bed, but not a good night's sleep. It can buy you a house, but not a home. And it can buy you a companion, but not a friend. Jesus is the only source of happiness that you can ever depend upon in your life. He'll never fail you. And the fourth is this. And that is, Paul said this, said these words. He said, develop a secure mind. You know why? Because when you're living with a secure mindset, guess what that overcomes? It overcomes the worry in your life. I love that because worry is wrong thinking, which is our mind, and wrong feeling, which is our heart, and circumstances, people, and things. So here's the thing. If we're not careful, we can allow the things in our minds to suddenly dictate the feelings in our hearts. And the things that we are feeling in our heart, what does it do? It weighs us down. And that's where we begin to worry about what? About circumstances, about people, about things. So what we need is we need something to guard our minds and our hearts. Remember, Paul was chained to a prison guard. But he didn't see himself as a prisoner, okay, in a prison cell, but rather he saw himself as a, listen, as a person who was chained to Jesus Christ. He said, listen, I am a prisoner of one person, and that is Jesus, because he's the one who has captured my heart, and I have committed my life to him. So therefore, if we live with this kind of single-mindedness and, hey, we begin to have a servant mindset, in other words, how we see people or seeing people in a way to serve people so that the joy in serving fills up our tank in return. And all of a sudden now we're shifting our focus around all of that stuff to where now we are no longer looking to or depending upon the things of this world to bring joy and happiness to our lives, but ultimately looking to Jesus. And we are finding our place of security in him. I want to conclude with this verse of scripture, because if you want something that will guard your heart and guard your mind from the things of this world that rob you from your happiness, Paul said it best in these words. In Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, he said, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. And remember, the Lord is coming soon. And then he says, don't worry about anything. But instead, pray about everything. And then tell God what you need. 
and then thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And notice his peace will do what? Will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. So you want to live your life on a consistent playing field when it comes to joy and being at peace and learning to live with a sense of contentment? Listen, find your sufficiency in Christ. Learn to be content, okay, in that relationship you have with Jesus. And the reason why is because he is your source of joy. Listen, everything and everybody is going to fall short of your expectations. But you know what? Jesus never will. And Jesus loves you. He died on a cross for you. And he came back to life for you. And if you'll give him a chance, listen, he not only wants to come and live inside of you, but he wants his joy to be able to overflow through you so that you can live each and every day in the fullness and the overflow of his joy that he wants to be made complete in your life. Hey, I want to invite you, if you would, to do me a favor and close your eyes and just bow your heads for just a moment, wherever you are, if you're at home or maybe um, maybe you're just in a coffee shop somewhere. Or, you know, it could be that maybe you're just in a place where other people are around and that's okay. But in the quietness of this moment, let me ask you a question. Going back to that original question that we began this message with on a scale of one to 10, where are you at? Are you in, a, are you, are you, are you in the low end of that scale or, or have you maybe found yourself in a place of, of happiness right now? But here's the bigger question. What's causing the happiness? Is it because things are going good right now? Or is it because you actually have a secure relationship with Jesus? And you know your source of joy comes from him. Maybe today you're at a place where you feel like you're at the lowest of lows. And maybe today you feel like, you know what, I've looked to so many of these things you've talked about. But you know what, I agree, none of those things have really brought anything meaningful to me. And maybe what's missing is my relationship with Jesus. And can I just say that if that's your need right where you are, hey, if you don't know where you stand with the Lord Jesus Christ, can I just invite you today to nail that down once and for all? And you can pray this prayer in your heart after me. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. And today I believe that Jesus died and he arose again. And by faith, I'm inviting him into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer just then, once you look at me, I just want to say congratulations and welcome home and welcome to the family of God. Come on, team. Let's give them a round of applause and celebrate with them. And we want to know, we want to hear. If you prayed that prayer just then, please text me. Text that number there on the screen or put it right there in the chat. Just say, just say, I decided, okay? And we want to send you a little downloadable PDF that will be an incredible next step for you to begin to apply in your everyday life. Hey, I love you. I can't wait for next week, part four, as we continue with our Rethink Life experience.
Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.